0: Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Do you lay awake at night wondering if you have enough money to pay the bills, let alone retire? Well, in this show, your vision will be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families. Over the past 20-plus years, I'm proud to say I've never lost a dollar of my client's money. I will share with you secrets I've learned over two decades that only the few rich know really have been around for centuries. But most Americans really aren't prepared for their golden years, let alone today. So no matter what your financial status is, you can be prepared to enjoy your life, never run out of money. But what's happening now is a lot of people during their midlife, are actually recreating themselves. People are getting tired of the 8 to 5, and they're wanting to to give back and share their gifts with the world, so they're recreating themselves, starting second businesses, and going forward into new territories. This is why I invite some amazing people to share great strategies. And today, I'm very honored to have Howard Martin. Howard Martin played a key role in launching the Global Coherence Initiative, GCI. It's a science-based co-creative project to unite people in heart-focused care and intention to facilitate the shift in global consciousness from instability and discord to balance, cooperation, and enduring peace. He has served as a steering committee member and spokesperson for GCI since its inception in 2008. And, Howard, I really want to welcome you here.
1: Chris, thanks very much. Uh, We did a show not long ago, I guess, you know, a number of months ago, actually, by now. Time flies, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. But thanks so much for having me back, and I'd like to to offer my warm greetings to everyone who's listening to the program.
0: I'm really glad to have you back. Yeah, time is zooming by, and change is happening so quickly. You know, you often talk about the new world emerging, so... You know, from your point of view, when it, what indications do you see the positive changes that would re- represent this new world?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. You know, as, as a part of HeartMath, you know, and Global Coherence Initiative is just one of the, the one part of what I do. I know that was in in my introduction. I'm very proud and always excited to be a part of, of GCI. But as a HeartMath spokesperson and one of the original founders, you know, I have a, a lot of different roles that I do here. And one of those is is speaking. And so I have an opportunity you know, where I get to go out and, and speak you know, around the world, really. I'm usually on about four continents a year at one time or another. And so as I travel, I'm, I'm observing things. I'm observing people. I'm observing life. I'm observing the flow of life. And then I'm also taking a look at statistics and things as well, you know, things that we can all get from, from the web to begin to look at trends. Because there's been a lot of talk about a new world emerging, and yet very often what we see is this this, this cacophony of bad news, Right. Yeah. All the things that are going on, the wars that are happening and the social inequities and the economic issues and the challenges that people face today, and, and it is disconcerting for, for me and for, I'm sure, a lot of people. But within that, I do see a movement, uh, a newness that's happening so many different places around the world. And really where it's happening, first of all, is in the hearts of the people. You know, People are really coming into new sets of values, uh, new ways in which they perceive things, new ways in which they want to live, new things that they want to be and support. And I think that relates to the listeners of your show. As you said, people who are, are you know, recreating their lives, in a sense. And there are millions and millions of people all around the world that, in a way, are recreating their lives. Uh, they have come into a new consciousness, and that consciousness is manifesting in, and again, how they think, how they behave, and what they do. And it starts there, but I've also found some interesting statistics and trends that were a little surprising to me. One of those I'll share is the number of people dying from war related deaths each year. So we see the wars on t v and certainly they're horrific. You know situations like we see now in Syria, for example, you know are heart wrenching for me, and we have wars happening in a variety of places you know around the planet at any given time. But the, the number average number of people who are dying from war-related deaths right now is 55,000 people a year. Now it's 55,000 more than I'd like to see die. But when you look at the statistics, you see this huge downward trend. About 10 years ago, it was double that. Uh, during the Cold War period, it was close to 200,000 people a year dying from war-related deaths. And of course, in the era of the world Wars, it was in the millions. And today, 55,000. So if you can see that on a graph, like I've shown in my live presentations, you see that there's a a big trend taking place to where less people are dying from war. Now, what does that mean? That means in some ways war, as we've known it, is starting to be rejected. It's not the only option. And more wars and more of that kind of violent conflict is being averted. And you see that statistically played out in the numbers of people who are actually dying from it. That's just one example of many things,
0: right? That's you know that's so exciting.
1: Yeah, another I saw was around. And here's the, one of the biggest issues I think we face, and that's poverty. And, I've, and I was looking at poverty statistics, you know, and the first things that I saw were like shocking, and it really brought some new awareness to myself, really about it. One that I read was was really you know really interesting to me it was that 80 percent of the world's population lives on less than ten dollars a day. Eighty percent. Now, you have about 1.5 billion people on our planet that basically live with just enough not to die. They have almost nothing. But in the in the middle of all that, as I was reading this, I found reports and studies showing that from the years 2010 to 2012, 500 million people were moved out of the lowest levels of that abject poverty. Mm. Half a billion people wow. finally had a little something. And it said it was unprecedented. Never before had so many people been lifted up out of that level of poverty in the history of humankind. And that's another example of some things that are happening in the world. Of course, you know, there are a lot of things that people are are identifying with or aligning with now to create social change. It could be ecological issues, political issues, uh, again, societal, social inequity issues, you know, legal issues, all kinds of things. And these groups are forming everywhere. And there's literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of groups that are formed around a variety of, uh, of societal interest, and what's made that possible for us is the internet and all the internet connections that are happening. So there are a lot of people that are. There's a movement, in a sense, that's going on. So as we see the bad news, we have to also take a look and step back and see some things really are changing. You know, the world is more caring about one another than ever before. Yes, there's a lot of uncaring going on and a lot of the exploitation and all those things are still there. And my eyes are not close to that. But with, within that, there, there are a lot of things that people really want to see different, and they're making an effort to, to make it different. And so things are beginning to change. So, so there's a lot of positive change that I see and a momentum that's going on where this new world is in fact birthing itself right in the midst of the old one. And the old one is not a bad world. Look at the beautiful things and wonderful things that have been created through the history of our world. And at the same time, it has limitations. And the new world is is moving beyond those limitations. And what you see happening is the old world, which is established, sort of pushing back in, saying, I'm not going anywhere. The new world pushing out, going, wait a minute, it's time for some changes. The world cannot continue to function the way that it's functioning now. And what we end up seeing on the news is where the two meet and there's friction. And we tend to identify with the friction points. And it's good to step back sometimes and say, look at the things that are going on that are going on that are right, that are working, where change is happening in a way that uh, where we are beginning to see a world that's a much more wonderful and joyous and peaceful place to live.
0: Right. You know, that's that's really amazing because it's such a trend I've just seen with, you know, going to a lot of these events and a lot of entrepreneurs are, are you know, you're out of style... You know, it isn't just like oh, I'm going to make a million dollars. It's like you've got to give back, and if you make any money, it's about what you're going to do to share it with other people. So it's not all about you know me, me, me. People are getting way more conscious. So when you, you know, when you talk about a heart-based world, what do you mean when you say that?
1: Well, it's a world where people put more of the, the true values associated with heart at the forefront of their actions. You know. Where it's a world where they do you know, they do demonstrate some care uh, for one another at the forefront of say a communication or a business issue or something. It doesn't have to be about beating somebody up to get what you want. You know, <laughs> a more cooperative spirit. You mentioned something very important about you know about in terms of uh, making money or about financial uh, wealth. And there you know like you said, people nowadays the they expect that if you're if you're if you're going to make a lot of money, you should be doing something with it that's got more purposeful intent than just accumulating. And I think that's what you were saying, right? Right. Exactly. Well, that's a great example of that. And there's also things like it would be representative of a heart-based world, which would be something like the movement in conscious capitalism. I'm sure you're familiar with that.
0: Right.
1: Where companies now are saying exactly what you said. They're saying our com- companies have to have a purpose. They have to be a, They have to be able to demonstrate that they're about something more than simply making more money or generating you know, the next uh, growing you know, quarterly report for the stockholders, that there has to be more to it than that, that they actually have to have a, a purpose behind them for them to be successful companies. And they're good examples of that. And this would be an example of, of changes occurring in, in what I call a heart-based world. Uh, most of the listeners are probably familiar with the clothing manufacturing company Patagonia. And they make outerwear, you know, jackets and things. And their CEO is very vocal when he's doing live presentations about saying the purpose of their company is to prove the ecological balance of our planet. That's why we exist. That's what he says. And that that's the reason Patagonia exists, not to make jackets or to make money, but to improve the ecological balance, that the, what the, the success they have is used for that. Well, you know, about a year and a half ago, they did an ad campaign to where they actually... Um, In the ad campaign, the ad campaign said, don't buy this jacket. And it went on to say that if you need a good jacket, we have some. (laughs) If you don't need a good jacket, don't buy it just because you want it, because it puts too much strain on the ecological balance of our planet. Now, from an overt marketing standpoint, that looks like not a very smart move, telling someone not to buy your product. But here I am telling this story to thousands of listeners on your radio show right now. Right. And so that's kind of smart marketing in a sense, because what it showed to me was that the, the company was willing to stand behind its perceived purpose. The one that they were stating was their purpose. Now they were standing up in front of people and saying, this is what we do. This is who we are.
0: Right. Smart.
1: Yeah, you know, so I think that's an example, too. But, but heart-based living is really, you know, is really, first of all, making the connection between our own, with our own hearts. It starts there with that. And, you know, the heart has this magnificent intelligence. It's really, to me, the core of our authentic self. It's a place inside where we have greater discernment an intuitive clarity. Uh, when we're connected to our heart, it gives us the ability to really connect with others in a different way. That's when we have those those meaningful connections with people, even if we don't know much about their, their daily lives, really. It is also a place inside that's the inspiration for emotions that relate to heart-based living, like love, care, appreciation, compassion, those type of emotions. And it's a place inside where we do come into that ability to sort of overcome our obstacles, where we move beyond our mediocrity and we're able to do the things that we usually can't. Now, heart-connected living would be manifesting you know, those, those general values uh, in daily, daily living. So that they're not just something that's held in the you know in the in the well-respected confines of spirituality and philosophy. That they're nice to talk about, but that in our daily activities we put those things you know at the forefront of what we do. That we make extra efforts to appreciate the things we have in our life, as opposed to going into the downward spiral of you know complaining about what we don't have. <laughs> that's that's an example yeah. of where right when we get to a point where someone's behavior has taken us over the line and we have every right to just judge them up one side and down the other, that instead we find that extra gear and we find some compassion for them. We reach into their world a little bit to try to get a feeling sense of why they would be acting like that. What's going on behind it? Is there anything you can do to to help with that? And it's right there in those points, in those moments when, for me, when my, my tolerance threshold is right there, and they're doing it again, right? <laughs> you know?
0: right.
1: And I've told them 50 times not to. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, damn it, you know, right now, you know, I, I'm just going to write them off. Well, that's the choice point, right? Right. Heart-based living would be saying, well, maybe it is time for that, but at least stepping back and then going through one more level of internal checkout inside myself. One more level of intuitive discernment, having that that talk with me and me to see if it's time to really break it off like that, or is it in fact time to go one more level and try to find out what's going on and have a little appreciation for that
0: right, boy, that would sure eliminate a lot of wars and fights, just step back that one take a breath, and you know you've heart math has really done some research on this for many years, and you, you know you talk about the heart intelligent and and what the heart you know, what the heart has to do with awareness. So, you know, the changes that you're seeing and and this awareness, right? Yeah. It all comes together and and there's techniques and things that you probably share and maybe could share with our listeners today on how they could increase their heart intelligence.
1: Yeah, well heart math is a is a complete system really, Chris. It's um you know, we've done so much here; it sort of gets you know lost depending upon what window of view someone's seeing us from. Yeah. But I think what it really is is a system of techniques and methods, all underpinned with scientific research to give it an empirical you know nature, designed to help empower people, especially right now through these changing times. So within that, we we do a lot of things. We have technology we develop that helps people connect with more with you know in inter, interstate called coherence where the heart, brain, body are synchronized. All of that. We have lots of different training programs. We have coaching programs. We train organizations. We have certification and licensing programs where we train other trainers. All those things are business um, aspects of what we do. And what they're designed to do is to really give people the access to what we call the tools, which is a whole suite of skills and simple techniques that we've put together over this 23-year period to do exactly what you said, how do people make more of a connection with their heart, and then how do they apply it. So within that skill set, there are things for just, you know, maintaining a certain level of, of, of coherence in our daily activities. There's techniques for shifting emotional states. There's techniques for decision-making, for project planning, for communication. All those things are embodied in, in our training programs. There's a simple technique that I can share with you and with the listeners if you'd like. It's the simplest of all heart math techniques, and therefore it, it's, it's in one that, that can be transmitted through a medium like we're in today, you know, through radio. But it's yeah. very useful. It's got a high uti- utility value to it as well, and I use it all the time. It's yeah. a little three-step technique. It's called the quick coherence technique, and if you'd like, I, I would be happy to share it with uh, with the listeners uh, today on, on the show.
0: Yes, please. That would be great.
1: Okay. So this technique is, again, deceptively simple. We'll do it, and then I'll explain to you what it did. Okay. It's three steps. Here's what I'd like you to do. The first step is called heart focus. What I'd like you to do now is focus your attention in the area in the center of your chest. If you need to and you're in a position to do it, you can put your hand on your chest. But just focus your attention right there. And if your mind is racing from all your daily activities and things you've been doing or things you've got coming up and all that, just try to slow that down just for a minute now. Maybe pretend you're taking an elevator from that racing mind right down into the area of the heart. With your focus there, I'd like you to go to step two, which is called heart-focused breathing. I'd like you to breathe naturally and normally, but a little deeper than you normally would. And as you breathe, I want you to pretend like the breath is flowing in and out through the center of the chest. And we'll do that for a couple of breaths now. Inhale. Breath's coming in right through the area of the heart. And exhale it back out through that same area. Now, I want you to maintain that heart-focused breathing, and we're going to go to step three now, the most important step. It's called heart feeling. I'd like you to feel a heart-inspired emotion. It could be just the feeling of appreciation that you do have for things in your life, the good things in your life. Or maybe it could be a, just a feeling of love or care that you have for someone or something or a special place or somewhere. Right? In your life. But make this an easy, gentle process. Don't force the emotion. Make it a gentle process with yourself. But just try to feel a heart related emotion while you continue with your heart focused breathing. Okay, thanks. You can continue to do that. I don't want to, don't want to leave a lot of. Uh, Dead airspace on your radio show, Chris. <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> they, they're to <gonna> float off.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody floats off and turns the radio off, thinking the show's gone. You know, so, uh, uh, so that's a simple three-step process, and you can do that anytime, anywhere, eyes open or eyes closed. Here's what cool. takes place when you do it. First of all, it begins to synchronize a part of your nervous system that's real important, called the autonomic nervous system, which influences about ninety percent of every bodily function you have. It begins to synchronize that system. The heart, in fact, at the physical level, is sending information to the brain and the rest of the body. This is something that's part of heart mass research that's well-known now. It's sending information throughout your entire body, and it's sending information back up to your brain. So when you do that technique, it improves the quality of that communication. It sends information from heart back to brain that opens up your brain, higher perceptual centers. In other words, it makes you smarter. As that begins to take place, hormones are released into your system that regenerate you. Hormones like DHEA and oxytocin become more readily available, and they revitalize us. Those are anti-aging hormones in a way, especially DHEA. They're vitality-related hormones. And all this is going on at the physiological level. In this state, what you'll find is that you have the greater ability to maintain a feeling of a positive emotion. And in that state, things bother you less, so you have less stress. In other words, in an appreciative state, you don't have the tendency to be griping and groaning and moaning about things so much, which are not good for you. (laughs) And so in this state, those emotions are, are more easily accessed. So there's an emotional component to it. And then, you know, I'll take it a little bit out of science right now, and I say that, you know, in that coherent state, when you trigger just the, those three steps and you do it with the genuineness, you do it with sincerity and genuineness, it really opens you up to more intuition. It opens you up to a larger field of intelligence than the normal one we operate in. You know, It, it just allows us to come into a, a new sense of things, a new perception. Our perception increases and expands. And all that happens, and of course the techniques that we have in heart math and in our training programs go on into that and far beyond that. But it really does begin to shift things like that very quickly. And there's a lot of benefit that comes from those three little steps. And I'll share them one more time. Heart focus, heart-focused breathing, activate a heart feeling. Practice that during your day, and I think you'll begin to see a greater and deeper connection with this magnificent intelligence you already have inside.
0: Wow. Thank you. Beautiful. Very nice. Well, you know, you you have such an amazing career and connection and you're a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, includes Jack Canfield and Deepak Chopra and some amazing people. It seems like um, there's a, a large group of people that are getting together for this new world. Wouldn't you say that?
1: Yeah, they're everywhere and that's the cool thing. You know, it's like As I mentioned in the early part of our show, I I do travel to speak and, you know, I go places and I'm all over the world and I see, see the same thing beginning to manifest. And, Chris, where it gets really interesting is it's happening in people very often that are much younger than me. And I know they haven't been through the same processes that I went through. They haven't been through every kind of diet that there was to go through and (laughs) meditating at, you know, two in the morning standing on your head, you know, and all those things that I had to do in my Uh, early days. But they're coming into the awareness differently. It's like they're picking it up through the field of consciousness itself. And so it doesn't matter what culture they're in or where they are or anything like that. It's just beginning to show up in how people think and behave and what they care about. And so there are all the thought leaders, the people you mentioned and people that are in organizations, you know, like Transformational Leadership Council and things like that. And there are other types of other groups and, and thought leaders in different ilks. I mean, Transformational Leadership Council is mostly, you know, people like myself, author speaker types, you know, talking about, you know, uh, personal growth or, or new thought and things like that. But there are different kinds of, of thought leader groups that are you know, all over the place. So people are coming together, and that's part of a, a more heart-connected world is people coming together, looking for ways in which they can collaborate rather than staying separate, looking at ways that they can compete. But it's really happening in so many people. You know, as a speaker now, I can tell you this. What I know is that you know, when I walk on a stage today, I really want to be as genuine and be as much like my audience as I can possibly be. I want to be real and transparent and authentic with them in every way. And part of the reason for that is, is the era of the stage from the stage is over. <laughs>
0: right.
1: There's people in those aud- in my audiences are, are, are doing amazing things themselves. Who am I? You know? Yeah. When I, when I'm in, I'm a servant in that moment and a lucky one to have the opportunity to share my life's work with them. But I don't take that for granted, and I don't think of myself as any better than them. I don't know who's in that audience, but when I meet people in my audiences, I find out, man, they're awesome. <laughs> right. And they're doing amazing things themselves. They just don't happen to be on the stage that day. That's the only difference.
0: That's right. Beautiful. That's really the right-on point of view. Absolutely. And and because that that consciousness really, I believe, is being poured out, the Spirit is pouring out all over the planet. And I've run into people, like you said, it took me like 20, 30 years to go through all these pilgrimages, and this person comes <laughs> up to me and says, you know, this is some really out, awesome thing, and like, wow, or they'll say something that I haven't gotten yet, <laughs> you know, and they're like 40 years younger than me, so it's, it's great. And so, you now you mentioned that intuition is an important aspect of heart intelligence.
1: Intuition,
0: yes. right? seems to be people talking about it. What do you think?
1: It's being talked about a lot more, isn't it? Yeah. That's because it's in the air, so to speak.
0: Yeah. It's in
1: consciousness, so it's actually coming up in conversation a lot more. And that's because right. it's part of the evolutionary imperative of this time period where we are evolving very quickly. I mean, the whole world and beyond the world, and especially human beings, but literally every living thing on the planet is in a dimensional shift of evolution right now. So we're coming into new and in different types of awarenesses and intelligences as we do that. And intuition would be a perfect example of that. Intuition is a knowingness that we have. It bypasses just the logical linear progression of reaching understanding, which is necessary often, but intuition bypasses that. You just know something. It's kind of knowing what you know without knowing how you know it. And at HeartMath, in our courses and things, we teach about practical intuition. We take intuition and try to make it something that everybody can sort of get an oh yeah and get their arms around rather than being looked at as something grandiose or mystical. Because intuition shows up a lot of different ways. I'm sure listeners, I know I get them, but I'm sure you know, the listeners probably do too, inner promptings about things we need to change, yeah. things we need to do, things we need to stop doing. And these are always there. Sometimes they're a whisper. Sometimes they're very firmly in our face. Right. But these intuitional you know, impulses are there all the time, and we're becoming more sensitive to them. Intuition shows up practically in a practical sense in other ways. It's kind of like when you have to have a sensitive conversation with somebody, the words you choose are really important. They can really color the outcome of that communication. They can cause things to trigger or not trigger depending upon how you say it. The tone and tenor and the word choices in a sensitive conversation are often driven by practical intuition. You get a greater sense of knowing what to say and how to say it or what not to say. Right. That's an example. Another one that's really kind of interesting was pointed out to me by someone in one of my training programs. Hiring somebody. In our country, the United States, hiring is a, a process to where there are, are labor laws that don't allow you to ask any personal questions. You can simply look at the job at the resume. You can ask people about their, their, their jobs and their background and what they did in their jobs and what challenges they had and how do they overcome them and things like that. You can't ask them if they're married. No. You can't ask them if they have kids. No. You can't ask them any questions like that in, a, in an interview process. So what you're faced with is you can be looking at resumes, and the resumes of, you know, say, several different people can all be, in a sense, equal. And what you finally have to do is you finally have to sit down at a table with somebody without being able to ask questions and have a conversation, look them in the eye, and get a sense and a feeling of whether they're the right person for this job in this culture. That's intuition. You have to sense it, don't you? And so executives would say i mean i've seen studies where you know executives are reported that they get all the facts they can and often about 7 in one study i saw they the, the executives said 70% of the time they're basing their decision on intuition <laughs> because they don't have all the facts or so they can't get all the facts right. i was talking to doc Shouldry, our founder the other night and he says the, the speed up of, of consciousness right now is at a place where nobody can figure out anything <laughs> Yeah. It's like it, the, yeah. the, the 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 field moves so quickly; it, things change within an hour. You know,
0: right, right.
1: So he's saying it's what he what he told me was he said that is this is pushing people more into accessing intuition naturally. Yeah. Because right. when you can't figure something out, you have to sort of release that and let it go, and then that allows for something like intuition to enter the picture. So the speed up's actually increasing intuition. So intuition's practical in a sense. The techniques that we teach in heart math, the quick coherence technique just being the first you know, you know, sort of rudimentary technique, I mentioned it, you know, that, that it does open you up to intuition. When you put your, your physical system in that highly ordered, synchronized state, increase your brain activity to a certain point uh, where you've got access to your full intelligence, it then begins to open the door for access to a field of information not confined by logical linear intelligence but a field of information that goes beyond the traditional realms of time and space. And I don't mean that like all of a sudden we're all spaced out walking around with no time and space, but it opens us up to this larger field not confined by the traditional ways we look at perception and intelligence. And within that, that is where we will find the solutions to the problems that we face in the world today that look unsolvable.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So... For those of you that just tuned in, you're listening to Ready, Set, Retire, and my special guest is Howard Martin, and he is with a Global Coherence Initiative Steering Committee member. He's part of co-founder, right? And today, we're talking about some great things, but I wanted you to share with everybody about the training program and, and what you're offering.
1: Okay, sure. I'll be glad to. Um, we've been doing this for 23 years now. We've Done a tremendous amount of work here at HeartMath. Uh, and what we've um, done over the years is, is developed very interesting training programs. Um, we have a flagship program now called the Resilience Advantage. It's about how to increase personal and organizational resilience. Now, up until a couple of months ago, we did not certify people or let other people take our work and go do their own training programs with it. A few months ago, we began to implement some changes that now have led to that. So we have the HeartMath Certified Trainer Program. This allows people to come, be trained by us, to be trained in the Resilience Advantage Program. Uh, That program is is, uh, constructed in modules. People that are certified can take this information, can go out and, and sell and deliver a Resilience Advantage Training Program, or they can take and do it just in modules, or let's say they already have some kind of training program and they want to add some great heart math material to it, they can take it and put it in their own training program. So they have, you know, in a way, a lot of access and flexibility to our 23 years of of intellectual property development, and they can uh, get certified by us and then go out and and generate revenue from it themselves. They can go and sell training or put it in their training programs and, and, you know, that sort of thing. So it's a program I'm excited about. I've I've had a role in handling all the uh, licensing for intellectual property here at HeartMath for a really long time, and um, I was resistant to this for a long time. But then I, I began to realize it was time now to bring more people into this and to open this up and help get more people involved with us to help create this heart connected world. Right. So I want to really create a family of people who are working together and who have been trained and are HeartMath certified trainers. And we've done this in other ways. We have lots of we have Two or three thousand coaches around the world, for example, but now we're doing it with our training programs, not just our coaching programs. And so people can go to the HeartMath.org website, click on training, and then click on you know the certified trainer program, and learn more about it. But I think it, you know, as we were talking just a little bit before going on the air, we were saying you know there's people who are, who are re- redoing their lives, they are looking for new things that they want to get involved in. And you asked me some of the things we were doing here. I shared a little with you about this program and my excitement about it. And you said it would be something maybe to share today because people are looking for ways in which they can make a difference in the world. Right. And do different things with their lives and still, you know, uh, have have it be a business activity. It helps generate revenue for them as well. Uh, and that's a big part of your message of how people, you know, find and uh, reach financial security pre and, and post-retirement.
0: Right, absolutely, and they're not going to get there unless they've, you know, they can eliminate a lot of trials and errors by having and going through your experience and dialing into their heart, which is where they're going to have to be with these techniques that you've developed over 23 years. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah it's a really robust and beautiful training program. The materials, the, you know, the PowerPoints and workbooks and all that are pieces of art, really. And uh, the way I see it, it's it's a mission-driven business opportunity.
0: That's so cool. The way I characterize
1: it, it's a mission to help people through these changing times, to help them because people are struggling, you know, and they need help. And organizations where we train a lot, and these organizations are going through a huge amount of shift and change and stress and dysfunction, and everyone needs more resilience right now, and that's what the program is really about. We talk about practical intuition in the program. There are sciences in it, and lots of techniques are in it, but it's about how to increase personal resilience and organizational resilience. And our, our philosophy around resilience is that, yes, it is an aspect that we have that allows us to bounce back after we've gone through adversity. But in our model, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reservoir of energy we can learn to accumulate so that we actually have less – we don't have as much take us into a place where we have to bounce back. That there's a buoyancy that we carry in life. Uh, that allows us to be more at our best even in the midst of all these changes. So that's sort of the general theme and story of the training program. And, again, it's a chance for people to have access to this material, to be trained how to use it, and then to go into the world themselves and, and generate revenue from that material and at the same time be helping people. So that's this, those are the aspects of it that really uh, that really excite me.
0: It is exciting. Uh, uh, that, that sounds really, I'm really glad that you're, you know, bringing it to the next level, and you know it seems like you have you know you have your heart mass, and maybe you could talk to us today about the global coherence initiative because that's' yeah. like a whole nother. Strategy. that's
1: another wing, yeah, we're gonna yeah. shift now, ladies and gentlemen who are listening
0: All right. we're
1: gonna take a take a little turn here in a different direction um <laughs> About five years ago here at HeartMath, we st- we decided that it was time for us to, to have a, a part of our organization be dedicated to this networking of people around the world who are using, you know, basically things, in, in many cases, their prayers, their meditations, their intentions, their affirmations, things like that. To help create changes in the world that would be good for people, positive changes. And there were lots of groups out there, thousands, doing synchronous activities, meditations and prayers and things for this. We decided it was time for us to at least, you know, make our contribution. So we founded the Global Coherence Initiative. And it's an organization that you can join for free by going to the website, and you simply just register, and you're a member. And there's lots of great information inside the website, and I'll share with you a little bit about what's there in just a second, but it would be better for you just to explore the site and see. But it's bringing people together, Chris, from all over the world. Uh, It's about 60,000 members. They come from over 100 countries. And what they're doing is using their heart-focused care and intention to help create a shift in consciousness from the chaos and confusion and, and, and all that to, to more harmony and peace and things like that. You know, so it's, 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 it's got that humanistic quality to it of really changing the values. And it's working at it sort of from the top down. In other words, we're not just going into social causes here with this. What this is doing is working at the field of consciousness level, helping to change the field of consciousness, which then filters down into society and behaviors and people's lives. So it's being done from a top-down approach and we're just making our contribution to a movement that's already happening. Now, because it's heart math, we brought science to the party. Because Science underpins everything that we do. That's kind of what we're most famous for, actually, is the empirical side of what we do, through the scientific research. So what we've done is our scientists, working in consort with other scientists, have created sensitive technology that can measure changes in the Earth's energetic fields. Let me explain what they are. The Earth uh, produces energetic fields. Just think of them like energetic ecology. They're actually part of the Earth as a living system. There are two primary fields, one we've all heard of called the geomagnetic field. It's what a compass measures, for example. There's another field that works in consort with the geomagnetic field, and it's called the ionosphere. The ionosphere is less dense than the geomagnetic field. It's a field that starts just above our atmosphere and goes about 120 miles up into space. These two fields work together to provide a protective layer around the Earth. Without these fields, we don't live. Nothing does. They protect us from, you know, from space, from incoming solar radiation, cosmic rays, things like that. They're, they're a protective layer, and so they're a very important part of the Earth. Now, a lot of science has already gone on, amazing, really cool science, and more is going on today, definitively showing that these fields change all the time, and as they change, they impact human health and behavior. They are affecting us. And these fields are quite malleable and constantly fluctuating and changing. And they are affected by things like solar radiation. We have a solar flare. Where that, what's the first thing that, that that solar radiation hits when it comes towards us? The fields. Protective layers. They change and modulate. As they change and modulate, human health and the way we think and feel and behave change also. So we know that there's an influence. Now, here's where it gets cool. We have a hypothesis. We believe this, and I'll just be, people probably figured out by now that I'm originally from the South. Uh, So I'll use some good old Southern boy logic on this one. If these things are affecting us, we might be affecting them. It could be a two-way street going on here. So the hypothesis is is that mass human emotion, when a whole lot of people are feeling a certain kind of emotion, whether that be positive emotion or negative emotion, we believe that could have a measurable impact on these fields. Now, to understand the fields better, to understand the effect the fields are having on us, and to test that hypothesis that we are impacting the fields, we have developed technology that is being placed in global coherence monitoring sites around the world. It's a ground-based system looking at changes occurring in these Earth's energetic fields. The first time it's ever been done from a ground-based system. Uh, they look at them from space weather satellites that are out in space, but this is the first time it's been done to this level through a ground-based system. Eventually, we will want to have 12 sensor sites, and that will give us uh, coverage around the entire globe. Right? And they're put in certain strategic areas, so they pick up a certain arc of the, uh, of the fields. Now, today, as we are on our show, there are four working sites as we speak. There's one in Northern California. There's one in Northern Canada. There's one in Lithuania and one in Saudi Arabia. A fifth one will go in very soon in New Zealand and a sixth one after that will go into South Africa. So we will then have you know, two sites in the Southern Hemisphere. So we are looking at these changes in the fields, and we are studying these things, and we are we are, are doing experiments testing our hypothesis about the relationship we have to the fields. Here's why I think that's important. I'll, well, I'll, I'll explain why I think it's important by quoting my friend Jack Canfield, and he's a, a board member, as are many other people that your listeners may have heard of. But Jack said to me when I was explaining this to him early on, he said, Howard, he said, I think this could be the greatest experiment in the history of the world. I asked him why. He said, because if this proved to be true, what you would be able to show is that all of our thoughts, our prayers, our intentions, our meditations, all of that actually has an output that can be measured in its relationship to the earth. So we believe in these things, but we, why, why is it that we pray for somebody when they're sick? Yeah. We believe in it, but what proof do we have of it? He said, "This will give more proof of all that, and it will. You know, and if you think about that, that could be a, revol- a really, in a sense, a revolutionary view of consciousness and of thought and feeling." So that's what we're doing. Cool. That's what I do in my spare time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? How exciting is that? I mean, it just proves what a lot of people know, but then you can actually. Well, I've heard it said if there was 13 people that all had the same consciousness, that could change the world.
1: Yeah, know I'm, yeah, I'm not not a big fan of numbers, but I understand what you just said. You know, and it doesn't come, it comes down to the quality of the output from that individual. Right. Here's, and our researchers said this about global coherence initiative. They said if just a random kind of thing going on, they don't know what if, if they'll ever see any data supporting the hypothesis. If you have a, a a number of people who are really operating in a very in sync coherent state, the output from those few people can have more impact than from large numbers of people who are in a random state
0: right right
1: it doesn't take a huge amount of people we think, and this is just a rough number i don't you know have any you know gigantic scientific research study to support this, but we feel like if you had about 350,000 people really operating at that next level of internal coherence and working together, it would be noticeable. Right. It would right. change things. Right. And you've got a world with 7 billion people in it, and we feel like only 350,000 really operating at that next level right. could make that huge change.
0: That's good reach,
1: yeah, totally. And so that's part of what we do as a mission. I mean, why we train people? We train people because we want to help them. We have the technology like the M-Wave technology, interbalance technology, because they're, they're designed as technologies to help enhance people's lives. At the same time, if we help people, those people are going to help the world. If they never do anything overt, that's okay, because the changes that are occurring inside of them, what they're putting out from their heart, is really going to have the most impact anyway. Right. You have Greg Braden on your show, right?
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah he's a buddy of mine. He was just here. And uh, he and I have been close for a really long time, and I heard him say something that I use in my talks now that he said at the end of a, of a very long presentation one night. He said, we all live in a field of consciousness that is reflecting back to us not what we think in our minds but what we feel in our hearts. And so as we change and as we help people and they go through changes themselves and they make that deeper connection with, with the intelligence of the heart and begin to live life that way, that is what's going to change the world. Right. That's going to draw in all the intuitive intelligence we need to solve the problems and create the, you know, the accords and things between nations and countries and all that to begin to solve war and to come up with ways in which we address the poverty issues and all of that. But it will be because people changed first, right, from the inside out.
0: Absolutely, yep, absolutely. So that obvious. So that would be your ultimate goal, right, Um, with with the global coherence
1: yeah the ultimate goal is to ha- is to have to be able to, to show some things through the the research and all that 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 really demonstrate the fact that we are you know we are influencing things more than we think with what with what we actually think and feel and also to just keep increasing that type of radiational effect energetic effect into the consciousness field environment and you know we put out something every month called the global care focus and that care focus you know, focuses on something that's going on in the world. For instance, right now, the one we put out for March is focusing on trying to ease some of the tensions in the russia Crimea situation and right. some of the ongoing wars like Syria and Sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. And what we say to people, though, is, is you really just want to put your love and care out to make it a kinder, gentler process. It isn't like we're trying to say we're going to stop something, you know. Right. That would be assuming that we know it ought to be stopped, you know.
0: Right, right.
1: But what we're saying is let's make this as kind of gentle a process for highest, best outcome as possible.
0: Right.
1: Let's make this easier for people. If it needs right. to go down, then let's find a way to make it go down easier. All
0: yeah, right. So the Global Care Focus, is that a newsletter? or
1: No, it's actually, um, it goes out the email to our members. And if you go to the website, there's actually a place on the website. I'll go there now just because we're here together. But okay. there's a place on the website you go where there's something called a Care Focus Room. So it's a, it's a a place inside the website. And what you see there is this beautiful globe of, of our planet, and when you log in, it puts a gold marker on that globe of where your internet provider address is, which doesn't mean your house, right. but somewhere in the area where you are. So it's marking where you are in the world. And as it marks where you are in the world, you know, then you go there and you, you're doing, you go in there and you're going to make an energetic contribution. Uh, you're going to help, you know, things by sending out your heart-focused care to the situation in, uh Crimea and and Syria, etc. Right, and you go there, and all of a sudden you see there's a whole bunch of other people there.
2: Oh, cool. And they're
1: from all around the world. Yeah. And you start getting a sense of connectedness. You go, wait a minute. There's people here right now doing the same thing that I'm doing. Think about what's going on in the world in a bigger sense.
0: Right.
1: And it gives you that sort of visceral way. But the care focus goes out in an email, and in the care focus room, that care focus is read to you. If you want to do audio, you can do it. It's got a spoken word audio thing of it. And uh, so it leads you through the process. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And that's just one example of many things that we have um, in that that particular room. Right now, as we're on our show today, um, just popped in. There's no special activity anything going on. There's 32 people there right now. Small number of people, but there's 32 people right now. That's so cool. That are in there for a reason. And I'm looking at the map. I'm seeing now the gold markers. I have one in Turkey. I have one in China. I have one way out in China. I mean, way up there, like Mongolia. I have one in Korea. I've got one in Japan. I've got uh, several in the United States, of course. I've got uh, somebody off the coast of Africa. I've got somebody in, looks like, France. I've got somebody in the U.K. You
0: know, right now. Yeah, Exciting. Well, you know, you've got a lot of when you go say you're on, you know, ABC Good Morning or CNN or Discovery yeah. and you only get three minutes, right, to say something.
1: Yeah. What
0: what's your core what are you what are you telling major media, what are you talking in three minutes? What do you say that you want them to know?
1: Well, I guess it depends upon the context of the show. I'm trying to, not trying to dodge your question here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you only
0: get... Tell- <laughs> you it's only the health tell- show,
1: I'm telling them the one thing. If the conscious show, I'm saying another. Basically, I think the message is, the main message is this, is that you know we have, a, we have an intelligence available to us. It's been associated with the heart for thousands of years. It's been talked about for thousands of years. As part of the changes we're going through now as we are growing and changing and evolving as a global society is that we are now coming to understand that this intelligence is readily available all the time. It's not just something special that we have have access to in fleeting moments, but it's something that we can apply to our lives daily. As we do, we have less stress, greater health. We perform at our best, and we end up with more fulfilling lives. And one of the quickest ways to get there, I would say, if I was in front of a camera right now, I would say one of the most important things to remember is to have compassion for yourself, that we are going through a very interesting and challenging time in, in, in global history, We'll have times when we don't please ourselves, when we don't necessarily behave the ways in which we would, when we stumble or when we fall. If that ever happens, then please go back and remember it's okay that you're doing the best you can. Find that self-compassion. Not only is that a great service to you, it's also a great service to others.
0: Right on. Good one. Yeah, definitely. So, Because people are really beating themselves up when they don't even understand what's happening, but... I really, really like this care-focused room and connecting with people all over the planet and changing yeah. the world. That is so exciting. So, what can people do to increase their personal coherence, resilience, and to help create more global coherence? Co-
1: First thing I would say is to recognize, begin to at least play with or respect more of the fact that you have you know a magnificent intelligence associated with your heart, you've experienced it in your life at many times. It doesn't have to always be random. It can be there for you you know, more than you think. That's one thing. Uh, I also think that people can learn a lot about uh, at least beginning to make a conscious effort to appreciate a bit more. Um, life can seem gray and bleak sometimes, but there's always something to appreciate. No matter how bad things are, there's always something within the context of your life that you can appreciate. Uh, that would be another thing to do. Uh, another one would be to really think about... Um, Each and every moment, you know, what are you feeding the field, in a sense? What are you putting out? Because it's going to reflect back to you, whatever that is. And be more conscious of what you're feeding the field. Um, Another thing that I tell people often is, you know, really try to proceed everything you do with with at least an attitude of love and care. Um, Be conscious of what you're feeding the field. I mentioned that one. Another one is to express the qualities of heart in, in daily life. And that's the things like the love and the care and the appreciation we've talked about today. And certainly have compassion for yourself. So acknowledge your heart's intelligence. Think about what you're feeding that field. Express the qualities of heart in your daily life. And most importantly, have compassion for yourself. If you do that, what happens is you begin to find your your true purpose, your true heart's purpose in life. And you become more of who you truly, really are. And as you do that, as you become more who you truly uh, really are, what that does is help create that heart-connected world.
0: Right. Right. And bring on peace on earth for every living being. Sounds good to me. So, um, we've got a couple minutes left, so just give us a cherry on top of this amazing... Howard, it's always so good to talk to you. I remember there's, like, opens up all kinds of rooms in there, so... Well, a, go
1: ahead. let me just do the commercial thing first and mention a couple of websites yeah, uh, so people can have that. Go to uh, glcoherence, H-C-O-H-E-R-E-N-C-E, .org, to become a member of Global Coherence Initiative. That would be great if you would do that. Go to, heart, to heartmath.org, which is our nonprofit site, to learn about the training programs, some of the products and things we have. So glcoherence.org or heartmath.org. Those are the two sites that you can learn more we only have a limited amount of time in a show like this. But the cherry on top, I'd say, would be this, is that things are okay. Things are moving in the right direction. You know, we are going through an awkward time and an awkward process, both individually and collectively and societally. But when I step back and look at it, I can see that things are okay. They're really all right despite the problems we have in our lives, despite the problems we see in the world, things are moving quicker, quicker than we could possibly imagine towards the involvement of something new and much better in each and every one of us and the world as a whole. It just takes a little time. It's not an overnight process, but if we can ever step back and see it from a wide-angle view, you can see, wow, how could it be happening any faster than it is? We could hardly take it. All right. That things are okay, and That's try true. to remember that things are all right. And you yeah. know, and when things yeah. get down a little bit, try to turn turn the spiral the other direction. Right. Try to spin it up instead of spinning it down. And believe me, I'm I'm compassionate about this. I do this. I have to do this myself all the time. We're all in this together. Uh, it's it's part of something much bigger than even us as human beings. It's part of a, a gigantic shift in consciousness happening throughout a, you know throughout the cosmos in a, in a way. So. Recognize we're doing all right. You're doing all right. Have that compassion for yourself. Things are really okay. And together, as we, we join with one another heart-to-heart, we can facilitate the unfoldment of a much better heart-connected world. And uh, that's the I think that's the real mission and, and hope for, for us and for our future.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, again, Howard Martin, it's been an honor to have you on our show. Everybody listening, go to GLCO org, is that right?
1: G L Coherence.
0: Coherence, okay. G L C O H E R E N C E org. Yes. Or
1: www.heartmath.com.
0: I want to make sure you're going to go to the right place and and sign up too. Right, get on the Global Coherence site and um, get into the Care Focus room. Um. And, again, this is Chris Miller, your host. You can reach out to me at readyforpretirement.com. That's R-E-A-D-Y-F-O-R-P-R-E-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T.com. You can grab my free article there. And, Howard, I really, really want to thank you for being on our show today.
1: Chris, thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure, and I appreciate your, uh, what you're doing to share information with a lot of people around the world
0: absolutely we'll look forward to another session we can drill down into into more of this good good heart math sounds like fun all right talk to you later dude, 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 I matter.
2: found out you can't take the curve at 85. My whole life flashed before my eyes I braced myself to leave this world behind As a million questions Raised across my mind Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did did, did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me. With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart There'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me And say Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save? any souls was i worried about my own was i haunted by the things i never did did i embrace each day with faith hope and laughter did i matter Did, did, did i matter i hope i can be a voice of inspiration and my story finds you well Cause when the curtain falls, there ain't no second chances And you don't want to ask yourself Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? I'm mad